Hello everyone, welcome to Adoption Adventures. Welcome to another beautiful week. Um, hoping that your weekend was fantastic. Uh, those of you that do follow us on Instagram would have seen that I was enjoying myself at Brighton Pride. Um, and those of you that were worried um, with my post about trying to find the bar, do not panic. I found it. Um, and I was served by probably the most prettiest man on earth. Um, and he was really charming too. So all wins. I did tell him that, you know, if dad does decide that I'm no longer up to the task of being his husband, I'll, I'll, here's the replacement. So all was good. <laughs> um, so last week I shared, um, that I did a uni visit with little dude. I also shared that little dude, um, took us driving, um, two major, major, major moments, um, followed by, um, this weekend when we did go away, little dude stayed at home on his own. Um, and as I was posting all of these incredible sort of life milestones and these wonderful moments, the um, the response was beautiful and fantastic from from everyone. Um, and one one listener got in touch, uh, James, and said, "You know, love these moments. Sort of love seeing the picture of little dudes in the car seat, ready to sort of like." take us for a drive um they're going on the unit trip and said you know did we have any fears or worries about how little dude might turn out to be when particularly because we adopted him at such a late stage in his life seven um you know he's already this person he's already got this personality so is there a fear or an anxiety that so much is already formulated that you don't know what's going to come to pass and you also don't know if what you're doing is right if what you're doing is going to lead to the good things um and james and i spoke um over a couple of messages i said you know what this is actually a topic definitely worth talking about so i'm going to break it all down and then hopefully give an overview um so experience number one going driving he hits 17 and says hey you know i'm old enough now for that license and you uh, uh, you kind of sit back and go no 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 this this is still my seven-year-old there is no way my seven-year-old can get behind the wheel i'm not comfortable with this at all um but then you do it and you you sit next to them and you wait for that engine to be turned on. And it's exciting. It's it's thrilling because this is this is your little little person that's growing up. Um and doing something really, really quite grown up. But then obviously, like I say, the ignition starts and so does the anxiety. <laughs> Um, I, this was the first time that I had been in the car with little dude behind the, um, behind the wheel and I found myself being 
Um, I guess I guess it's fair to say not overly critical, but certainly overly sort of um, overbearing. Maybe um, I was given a lot of instruction. Um, little dude was not totally cool with all of those instructions um, and did sort of fight back on a couple of bits and it's like look this is not the time for us to be arguing just do what I tell you to do um, so that was really interesting when when we finished dad did say to me you know you did have a lot of comments I said well this is my first time too it's going to get some it's going to take me some getting used to so give me a little bit of chance too and I didn't want to die um, so that was um, scary, but fun scary. Um, it was also one of those sort of sucker punch moments where you get as a parent where you go, oh my goodness, look how grown up they are. It's like, oh, okay, I'm not comfortable with this. Even though I'm ecstatic, I'm not comfortable. Um, then... Then we had the day of going to visit a university. So we had the training journey together and we got to spend a morning together. We went for a coffee um, and we were chatting and it was a really, really lovely morning. Um, And then we started going on the tour itself and the campus was stunning and we were looking around and he and I were having a laugh and a giggle throughout the entire tour. And he was sharing what he thought was the highlights, what he was concerned about and all of these things. And something that he has sort of talked about as a concern is budgeting and that fear of if, you know, if he wasn't living at home, how does he manage things? How does he manage his money? How does he manage to become almost an adult when you're not quite ready to be an adult. Um, We started talking about all of these things. He talked to me about all of the different universities that he's considering. And there were two on the list that were a considerable length, like considerable distance away. And he explained that, you know, if he were to go there, he would have to move there and, and sort of live in those areas. And he told me that he was discounting those two options. And he said, right, well, why? Why would you discount those options? And he said, you know, if I went there, it would be really difficult because, you know, I wouldn't see my friends. I would be in a completely different area. I'd have to learn how to budget. And I wouldn't see my family. And and that's quite a, a, a block. Um, I explained to him that, hey, you go to school 39 weeks of the year, it will be less at university. And in the time when you're not at university, you can come back, you can visit your friends, your family, weekends. We said, you know, it's not, it's not once you move to this area, that's it. (laughs) You're not allowed to move back. Um, Which... Interestingly, that kind of surprised him. He was like, oh, I I hadn't really thought of it like that. Um, And I think he'd got himself into the mindset of, if I go, that means I've got to live in this area and I'm there for three years and I won't see anyone for three years. So I think he was building it up a lot more in his head. 
So when I was able to talk him through what life could look like, I think that kind of alleviated those worries and concerns, which was nice. Um, so we talked through that. Um, we talked through different ways that we could help with regards to budgeting um, and, and all things like that. Um, and we did explain to him, hey, you know, this is, this is now, you've got an entire year before this is going to be happening. So we will work for the next year on getting you ready and making sure that you're comfortable and confident with all of these things. Um, and if you've got these areas of worry, don't panic. We'll, we'll get you there. We'll, we'll get you over the line. Um, and I think he found that quite comforting, actually. I think sort of the idea that he's still got that time. Um, I know I did, uh, kind of thinking about that he's, that he's going to be going off to university in a year's time. It's, it's absolutely mad. Um, and, and it's not, it's, it's similar to the emotion of when they leave sort of, primary school to go into secondary school but the difference being he's he's moving a, a lot further into that world of independence and he's he's moving into that world of adulthood and really not needing us anymore so that's scary and again really exciting it's It's really wonderful to talk to him about that sort of thing, talk to him about his future and some of the ideas that he has and what what he's hoping to achieve, which was really, really cool. Um, and then, obviously, we went away for the weekend and he's staying here for the weekend on his own. And he had a wonderful time. He had a friend over one night. They played Xbox and ordered crap food, obviously. Um he was at work and he managed that all okay. He talked to us about how his friend had stayed over and then gone home and then they carried on playing Xbox just online until the wee hours of the morning. And then he went to bed at about half one, two o'clock and said that at that point he felt a bit freaked out because the house started to make noises and he was very aware that he was on his own. Um, he said that he sort of went through the routine that we would normally go through when like, when Dad and I go to bed. And I think that was just his way of just sort of making sure that he felt comfortable. I asked, you know, was he okay? Was he comfortable? Would he want to do it again? Or would he want us to give a bit of a break before that happened? And he said he's really okay with that happening straight away um he has no issue with that so he he managed it um and he'd done really really well i even uh left him a request to do a wash load and he actually did it so that's a win <laughs> um so they're they're the sort of like the the major experiences and kind of how how they made me feel during those moments. 
Um, the question that James has was, you know, thinking about sort of when you're doing these things, you're wondering what type of adult this person will be, what kind of impact you're going to have. Um, and kind of thinking some of their early years experiences as well and the sort of I'm 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 just gonna I'm gonna go there with a with a, a, a trail of thought. Our children come from um traumatized backgrounds and they come from families where crime could have been committed, different approaches to your own would have been seen um, and a different lifestyle would have been experienced. So do you have a fear that some of that comes with them? Is that is that sort of inbuilt in them? And I talked about this last week with um, with a group that I was delivering training with. We, when Little Dude moved in, and I'm, I think I've mentioned this, when Little Dude moved in, we identified that when he was going through any sort of stress, anxiety or worry, there, he, he tended to be quite spiteful towards girls. And someone asked in the group, someone said, you know, why do you think that is? And I said, I think it's a, a mix of things, you know, in his whole life, um, apart from Lisa, his foster carer, pretty much all women had let him down. You know, he had had social workers within his world that had been out to see his sort of him in his home and had then not actually acted. So that would have been a letdown. His mum, he would feel during those times, wasn't able to do the the mum jobs and didn't look after him the way that she should have. So he would have seen that as a letdown. Um, when he moved in with us, uh, when he moved in with Lisa, um, Lisa would have been a positive female role model, but then he would have had more social workers who didn't find him a family for three and a half years, but they did find a family for his brother. So once again, he's being told that women let him down. Um, in addition to that, the environment that his mum would have been in, or that they would have both been in, his mum wouldn't have been treated as, I, I imagine, I'm guessing, educated guessing, his mum wouldn't have been treated like an equal. And there would have been quite derogatory language used about her. And he would have picked up on that. So for us, when he moved in and he was being quite spiteful to girls, there was that anxiety of, hey, has he seen this? And has it sort of, has those memories gone into his brain and now telling him that, those are the experiences that are okay and acceptable. Um, if so, what do we do about that? So that caused a great deal of anxiety um, for, for us and, and particularly for me. That what happens, and I'm going to share this, and it's a, it's a really, I accept now how ludicrous the thought was, but at the time I was in it, so I couldn't, see this but I remember at the time when he hurt a girl at school I remember stopping and thinking are we raising someone who is become is going to be violent towards women are we raising a, a, a woman beater and that really scared me 
as a brand new parent, you know, months into the placement, really scared me that could, could some of these behaviours leak through? And I've spoken to a number of adopters and I've found out that they share the same sort of anxieties. The truth is that our children or humans are products of their environment. And yes, past experiences and past environments will have an effect. The beautiful part is they don't have to have a lasting effect. There's loads of um, sort of videos on YouTube that you can find about brain development. And what they talk about is um, sort of firing off neurons in the brain. Um, so you have receptors in the brain and you fire off neurons. And each time you have an experience, uh, experience positive or negative, it doesn't matter, a neuron will be passed through. And if, so for example, a securely attached child cries and then the parent comes over and feeds that child, that sends off that neuron to say, hey, I have a need and it's being met. So it, it makes those sort of um, neuron and those pathways a lot stronger. And that kind of re re-energizes the brain to say, hey, this is what will happen. When that doesn't happen, it sends off neurons, but in the negative pathway to say, actually, you have a need and it's not being met. Disturbed attachment, we've discussed. The same as if our children are seeing certain experiences and they sort of experiencing different things, they're going to have those neurons and those pathways being formed. And yes, those pathways are going to be negative. They are going to experience negative, see negative, be a part of negative. And as a result, that is the the stuff that's going to go on in the brain. Now, what is then happening is it's a natural thing called pruning. So the other pathways just fizzle away and they, they die out if they're not being used anymore. Now, when I first heard that, that really scared me because I thought, well, hold on. If all of these pathways for positive are being sort of pruned away, all that you're left with are these negative experiences. How on earth are we ever going to do this? And that's kind of where my thought process was in the early days. The great thing is this is where the positive experiences and positive parenting really come through. Okay. So as soon as you start putting positive energy, positive experiences, positive memories into our children's lives, and you keep doing it and doing it and doing it, you are then recreating those pathways and you are firing off those neurons and you are literally lighting their brain up with positivity and then what you're going to do is you're going to stop putting in all of those negative experiences and negative neurons as a result those neurons stop firing off and those channels start to fade away through pruning so we can then restructure the brain development. We can restructure those paths for those neurons and we can show the neurons exactly where they should be heading. This is when good parenting will always win. Being there, being available, having the time to give those experiences 
to offer them an opportunity to have an experience that will last a lifetime. This is when you start to change it. We also addressed it as well. We talked about the elephant in the room. I spoke with little dude, even in those early years, and I explained to him what my fears were. I didn't say because of the early years experiences, this is why I think you might be doing this. Instead, I said, if you are doing this now, what happens if you're still doing it as an adult? And my worry is that I need to be able to do something now to stop you doing it then. We talked about it. We talked about what we didn't like and the behaviours that we would expect to see. Our children are like sponges and they are soaking up every ounce of experience that you are giving them and they are waiting for those experiences to literally light up their brain and make them see what it is that we expect from them. Our children want to please us. Our children instinctively know that they want to have good experiences. They know what experiences weren't right in their early years. So they are more than happy when we are talking to them about altering that and giving them those good experiences. I remember in those early days, I genuinely remember wanting to, wishing that somebody could build a time machine so as I could see if what I was doing today would make a difference in 10 years time. I remember wanting to know, was it making a difference? Was it doing anything? And there's the show, I think I've mentioned it a couple of times, um, This Is Us. Um, really, really good show and tackles adoption and a number of different issues within it really well. But in there, it addresses that they do something now and then we get to see later on what effect that has on their children. And I said as I, I was watching, I was like, oh, see, they got a time machine. <laughs> um, and it's really interesting to see some of the things. Obviously, I'm fully aware it's a TV show, not reality. Just need to put that out there. Um, but it demonstrated that you can do something and feel like it's going to have a tick a particular response and actually it's got nothing to do with what you're expecting and that's all right um and then you can do something that you think is is never going to be remembered and then <laughs> that's the lasting memory again you can't plan it there is there is no sort of there is no way of knowing what's going to have an effect and what isn't. But you've just got to be comfortable with that. Because some of the things that you're going to do are going to have wonderful reactions. Some of the things are, are going to be forgotten. But as long as you're continuing to put those positive experiences into our children's lives, that's what they need. So... 
Are you right to worry? Of course you are, you're a parent. Are you right to stress out? Again, you're a parent, it's normal. But actually, I can tell you, we've, we've been there, we've come through the other side, and it works. You put in the right amount of time, and you can, you can change all of those things. You can literally rewrite our children's futures. And they want us to. Our children want us to give them these wonderful experiences. They want us to change those neuron pathways. I'm sure they're called something different, by the way. Please do not judge me. I've told you many a time I'm not a neurobiologist. I'm merely telling you what I've learned over the years. Um, But our children want us to alter those pathways and to give them those experiences. Um, They want to feel love, affection. They do not want to go down any of the paths that you have worries about. Does that mean that our children will not go down those paths? No, not at all. Because actually, life happens. I, I, I am, I'm aware of some incredible, incredible parents who have tried to do absolutely everything right, and still, along the way, something didn't go quite right, or an experience happened, and lo and behold, their child ended up in trouble with drugs, or too much drink, um, with crime, you know, I don't want those things to happen to you, but they might. And, (laughs) I need to be careful with this language, it's, it's down to circumstances, it's not, it's not down to their early years experiences, so they're destined to do this, that doesn't mean it's because you've been a bad parent, It could be, you know, I'm ambivalent, okay? My nature is ambivalence. I need to be liked. I need to seek the approval of everyone. Um, If I would have got in with the wrong crowd, I would have tried to please that crowd. I would have done whatever it took to please that crowd. Fortunately... I fell into the crowd where, to please them, (laughs) I just needed to get on stage and act. And all of a sudden I had a crowd to please and they liked it. So that worked out for me. It could have gone the other way. And in my opinion, I had great parents who worked really hard at doing everything right. So it wasn't that they was doing anything wrong, it's just life. Now what needs to happen, and what they indeed did, is they looked after me. So they could see that this was the nature that I had, and they talked to me about this, and they made sure that they knew who I was friends with, what those friendships were like, what I was getting from those friendships. And they 
pushed for involvement. And through that, they, they supported. And they got involved. And it made a massive difference. So I guess the moral of the story, pay attention to your kids, obviously. Pay an interest, obviously. And talk to them. Talk to them about anything that's on your mind that you're worrying about. You know, I have, or we have, a really, really open and honest relationship with Little Dude. He shares... Do you know what? I'm, I'm fairly comfortable and confident to say that he shares about... 80% of what's going on with his world. The reason I can say that with relative confidence is because he has, in many ways, some would argue, he has overshared. I prefer that. I prefer to know too much than not enough. And I was having this conversation the other day and I was saying, you know, make sure that you ask these questions and you talk about these things. Um, We talked about it in previous episodes. Talk about sex. It's going to happen. Don't get scared about it because... The more nervous you are about it, the less likely they are to talk to you about it. Just talk. It's completely natural. Be okay with it. Drink. Drugs. Raise it as a conversation. Be confident having these conversations because it's happening. Okay? If you bury your head in the sand and pretend that these things don't exist, I'm telling you they will find a way to knock on your door, either discreetly (laughs) or really loudly either way they will find you so get talking about it we talk with little dude about all of these things we share our worries we share our fears we share the things that make us excited the more you can do that the more open your child will be and the more confident you will be at where they're at do our children's early years experiences mean that they are going to have difficult later years Maybe, but not definitely. Do our children's early years experiences mean that they will go through the exact same path as their birth parents? No. In my humble opinion, those two are not linked. I think it is our job to take them on that journey, to look after them as best as we can. Like I say, it might go wrong. But I don't believe that that's because of their early years experiences with their birth families. I also don't believe that it's because you are being a bad parent. Like I say, life happens. But I think the way to combat that and the way to overcome that is to just be there. Be involved in our children's lives. Be interested in their lives. Be active in their lives. And be open and honest. You'll benefit from it. I guarantee it. Um, our little dude, he's doing incredibly well. Um, I know I'm biased. I'm fully aware that I'm biased. But he is making friends. He is having experiences. He's breaking rules. <laughs> you know, he's he's having drinks. He's 
he's engaging in the world. He he let us know that he had tried a vape and had had a vape for over a week and then decided actually he didn't like it and he'd been trying to convince his nana for years not to smoke so he was a bit of a hypocrite. Talk to him. <laughs> like I say, I'm biased but I think he's doing great and we're really proud of where he is, where he's at, and where he's heading. Are we scared? <laughs> Absolutely right. We are petrified. But the overarching emotion is actually excitement. That's what I am. I'm excited for his future. But I'm excited because our relationship is really strong. And it looks like it's getting stronger. For a little while... I'm going to say we kind of lost him a bit for a few, for a year, 18 months, he was finding his way. We had to still be there. We had to still talk to him, but he was less interested in us. You continue doing what you're doing. You continue being available. He's on his way back. He's interested and he wants to spend time with us too. Just make sure you're there. That's my tip. Hope it helps. Um, let me know if you want more on this. Um, I think I could talk for ages. I'm not sure if I rambled and I'm not sure if it was all sort of succinct and clear. Um, I'm hoping it was, but if, if it was a bit sort of all over the place, let me know and, and I'll see what I can do to, to make it all more sort of logical. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Have a wonderful week.